Good morning. Good morning. Please stand as we begin worship this morning. scripture for this morning is Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. <clears throat> says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive Together with Christ, by grace you have been saved.
Good morning. Yeah, the weather, weather's not bad out there. We got some snow on the ground, but it's not bad. It's better than the minus 25 we had last weekend. So I'm glad you guys are all here this morning, ready to worship today. Uh, let's go, Lord, in prayer, and we'll open uh, with prayer, and then we'll do our welcoming time uh, here today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, uh, that we're here, Lord, to worship you today, uh, Lord, and to... Um, just to preach your word and to teach your word, God. And, and we're, Lord, we just love you and we thank you for, for who you are. Bless our time together as we meet today, uh, Lord. And we want to glorify and honor you in everything that we do. I pray for the ones watching online today, Lord, and uh, our, our members downstairs today and all of us here today, Lord, that we will open our hearts, Lord, to receive your word. And, and we will give a, an accurate account of ourselves today before you on on our love for each other, God. And, and Lord, if we're convicted today of things that we're doing, uh, that we're not loving each other, and, and Lord, maybe uh, people are upset with one another, whatever the situation could be today, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will work in our hearts and our lives, and we'll be more like you, we'll be changed today, we'll be more like you as we leave here. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name I pray, amen. Take a few minutes this morning and tell everybody hi today.
job. Thank you, guys. You may be seated this morning. Let me go over a, a few announcements here real quick today. Uh, no men's Bible study tonight. They're not going to have men's Bible study tonight. I know some of the guys have, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be busy tonight and going to another church, I believe. I understood it right. So no men's Bible study uh, this evening. Uh, let me remind you about Wednesday night services. Wednesday nights at 6.15, we have dinner with one another. And on Wednesday nights, we have uh, children's classes, we have youth classes, and we have multiple Bible studies that happen. If you normally don't come on Wednesday night, I encourage you to come. We have a great time. We, I don't know what's on the menu for this week, but they usually have a big old meal that they cook, and we sit around and visit with one another beforehand, and it's just a good time on Wednesday night, so I encourage you to come to that. Evangelism training this afternoon at 3 o'clock, so maybe you have never shared the gospel with anybody. Uh, because you're nervous about it, and you're just like, well, I don't know what to say. We're, we're taking you through a basic program. Josh, our associate pastor, is teaching it. It's at 3 o'clock at the association office uh, today. Uh, the association office is just right off the square past the health department. So come today. I, I know they're two weeks in, Josh, right? This will be week two, so you're still good um, uh, to come if you, if you would like to do that today. Um, c- come to that. Business meeting right after morning service. It'll be real quick. We don't have a whole lot to cover. We'll give you a copy of the financial report and all that. So business meeting right after the morning service. We're also uh, going to vote on Denny as uh, our new elder, one of our new elders, Denny Chisholm. So we're going to do that today. Also, uh, the Charleston mission trip for this summer. The mission trip meeting is Sunday, March 7th after the morning service. At 2 o'clock at the association office. At 2 o'clock at the association office. So it's going to, because this is an association mission trip, but Josh is the one organizing it. So we will have other churches there, but if you've signed up for that, I know it's in June. Uh, we went last year to Charleston. It's it's great. Uh, it is an awesome opportunity to go down, and, and we do a VBS. And I don't know if you've ever been to Charleston, Missouri, but the poverty rate is very, very low. And so we... We go in and we talk with people. There's a lot of people usually that are out during the day. Um, I had a, a great opportunity to share the gospel with a lot of people last year uh, in Charleston. And so, and the, the mission center that we're going to is called Shining Light Outreach Center. And they feed people and they're doing a service. And it's just, it's a great opportunity they, for uh, us to go and do a mission trip there. There's also another mission trip planned uh, for September to go up to South Dakota to the reservation and help Mike and Kim with the freeway up there. You got something on that, Josh? $1,800, yes. Good job. Good job on that. $1,800. Okay, uh, so we have that going on. Uh, next Sunday, the new member class that we had, we had it here a couple months ago. We haven't had the meal yet. We always like to do a new member's dinner. That is going to be next Sunday after the morning service. So I think I've reached out to everybody that's in that, but just a reminder. Also, uh, Sunday night, March 7th, game night. It's going to be from 5 to 8 p.m., and they are going to play Family Feud and the Newlywed game. So we're going to have fun, a night of fellowship and fun with one another I can't wait for this. This is going to be great. Uh, it also says bring your favorite snacks, so we'll have some time of just fellowship with one another uh, then. And we got some more stuff coming up in March that I'll uh, be announcing next week. Anything else that I forgot that I should have announced today? We good? 
Okay, if you would stand, we're going to do our worship time before we get into the sermon today. We'll take up our morning offering uh, today, and we'll bless that. A couple of kiddos to come forward. Yes. Yeah, life recovery on Friday nights. Thank you. We do have life recovery on Friday nights at 7 o'clock also. And Matt, I don't know if, is Matt here today? I don't know if Matt's here today. He's gone, isn't he? Yeah, so he teaches that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll bless our morning offering. Lord Jesus, again, we, we're here today, Lord, and we love you. And this is the time we enter our worship of you. And our worship should be all the time, but in particular right now we want to worship. And, and, and Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that you've given us, Lord. And, and Lord, it is a time to give back to you. And so I, I pray uh, this morning that, Lord, we, this, this uh, offering will be used to further your kingdom, Lord, that people will be saved and changed and their lives completely changed by this. And, Lord, we enter our time of worship today. We want to lift our voices in song. And, Lord, we love you. In all things, we want to honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Your name is great and 
draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise You are here, you are holy, we 
If you would, let's remain standing and honor God's word this morning. Uh, the kids can go downstairs, uh, second grade and below. They can go downstairs with Mitch and Mandy this morning. Mitchell, I'm going to plug, plug him real quick. Kids, ask Mitchell about his high school football career. He was an all-state football player, played baseball at Missouri State, and he's on our school board. So we need Christians that serve in local office, and Mitch is on our school board and running again. So support Mitchell. There's a plug for Mitch. And he's teaching the children's church this morning. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. I'm going to be in trouble for saying that about him too. hes I'll tell you, Mitch, though, I know he's downstairs now. He's the nicest guy you will ever meet. I tell my wife all the time, I wish I was as nice as Mitch Espy is. Because he is one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. John 15, 12 through 17. John 15, 12 through 17. It says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask my father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again this morning, I, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here today, Lord. And Lord, this is a tough sermon. It's, uh, it's kind of an in-our-face sermon this morning because it's what you commanded us to do. And Lord, it's hard for us to do it sometimes, but only through you and your strength and having a personal relationship with you can we learn to love like you did. And so, Lord, as we talk about these things today and we reflect back on your perfect love, I pray this morning for everyone here today and everyone listening that, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will convict us where we need to be convicted, Lord, and we'll turn from our sin and from how we like to do things, which isn't your way, and Lord, uh, that we will be changed today and and that maybe our relationships with each other will be changed today and our relationships at home will be changed, Lord, and uh, encourage us where we need to be encouraged, Lord, but Lord, let us open our hearts this morning, our minds to receive your word. Let us humble ourselves today, Lord, and, and your word says that you, if we humble ourselves, that you will exalt us. So I pray today for humble spirits in our body and in those listening to this message today, Lord. We love you and we thank you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So two weeks ago, I know last week you got the, the kitchen table version of a sermon uh, because of the, the weather, and I didn't want to preach this sermon at my kitchen table. I wanted to wait because I, it's, just, it, it's just, just so important. Uh, this is an important sermon today. Two weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus loved us and what exactly Jesus did and how he loved us, and we talked about how the church was established with a clear identity here. 
And we are set apart as a group of believers, not by race, not by uniforms, not by Facebook groups or where we went to school, not by our likes or how we dress. We're separated, identified by our love for each other. The whole church is defined by love. And we talked about how the only way to truly to love and to love like Christ did. And so it is to love like Christ did. And so we looked at how, how did Christ love. And I want to recap that real quick before we get into today's sermon. We talked about how Jesus loved unconditionally. And he loved us while we were still in sin. If you remember, we talked about how he doesn't require us to get all cleaned up first. Uh, if you remember, I talked about Hunter being out in the summertime and being covered with mud and nasty, filthy, dirty, sweaty, and Selena doesn't let him just come inside and jump on the furniture, right? What does she say? You better go take a bath, get yourself cleaned up first. Well, Jesus doesn't do that with us. Nothing against Selena, I would say the same thing to him. But Jesus doesn't do that. He comes out and he picks us up in the mud and the sin of our life, and he cleanses us and he cleans us. He doesn't require us to... Be, come to church or read the Bible or to pray a really good prayer. He, he, he doesn't require any of that. He, it says believe in him. Believe in what he did on the cross. And so Jesus loves unconditionally. It's not about our works. I should have shared this verse, and, and, but, and I thought about this as I was writing the intro here. But I want to read to you. I think I have before, but I want to read to you out of the Book of Mormon this morning. And you're probably thinking, why in the world is he doing that? You're going to figure it out here in a second. Joseph Smith wrote this. It's in 2 Nephi 25-23. I want you to pay attention to his words. It says, for we labor diligently to write to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ and to be reconciled for God, reconciled to God. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. That is not the gospel. You are not saved after all you can do. You are saved before you do anything. That is the gospel. That message is not the gospel. Jesus saves us when we can't do anything. We're lost, he loves us, and he saves us. We also talked about that Jesus loves sacrificially. Jesus was perfect, he was sinless, and yet he was willing to sacrifice himself on the cross for me and you. There is no greater type of love than I can talk about today than that. We also talked about Jesus loves with forgiveness. When Jesus forgives, it's a perfect type of love. Of forgiving love. It's perfect. He doesn't bring up your past anymore. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far do I remove your transgressions. That's infinite. We like to bring up our past. We like to bring up others' past. Jesus doesn't do that. When your sin is gone, it's a race forever. It also, we also talked about that Jesus loves eternally. Nothing that you or I can do can change his love. We didn't do anything to earn the love, so we can't do anything to lose the love. Nothing in all creation, Romans says, can separate us from the love in Christ Jesus. So, that's how Jesus loved. Now, back to our text today, and why it gets so challenging is what he says in John 15, 12. When he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So, this isn't a suggestion. This is a command. That we have to love one another like he loved us. Now, I mean, it brings up the question, how in the world do I do that? 
How in the world do I love my brothers and sisters in here like Christ loved me? How do I do that? I mean, if you think about it, and, and you may hear this, you may want to say this. I mean, Jesus, do you know Pastor Jeff? That guy's almost unlovable at times, right? How many Christians do you know that you want to say that about? That they are just unlovable sometimes. We're commanded to do it. So how? How do we do that? How do we love each other? How do we as brothers and sisters love each other like Christ loved us? Well, let me say it's not possible by yourself. It is not possible by yourself. The only way that you can love someone like Christ loved you is to have the Holy Spirit. That's the first point. You have to be a follower of Christ. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll read a couple of verses here. It's going to be in verses 19 and 20. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your Body. Now this seems this probably seems like a given here, right? But we have to cover it. Until you have experienced the love of Christ, until you have experienced that in your life, you're never going to be able to love like Jesus did. Two weeks ago we talked about this legal transaction that happens when someone believes on the Lord Jesus. Into your account you receive Christ's righteousness. Into his account he receives your sin. It's a legal transaction. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Revelation 20 talks about that. But something else happens. You'll also receive the Holy Spirit. Literally, what 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, your body is now a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is now a temple of the living God living inside of you. That's the third part of the Trinity. God the Father... God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So the creator of the universe, God, is now dwelling inside of you when you believe in what Jesus did. That's the only way that you can love someone like Christ loved you, is to have him inside of you. It's not through your own strength. That power, not your power, it's God's power can now help you love like he did. That's an amazing thing to think about. That the creator of the universe, the one who sent everything into motion, that, that created gravity, that cre- just think about the creation. The creator of the universe is now dwelling inside of you. And now what does that mean? Well, everyone loves to quote Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's it. You can only do it through him. You can only love people like he loved by having him. So here's the thing. It's the Holy Spirit who does it through you. It's the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you that helps you love like Jesus did. This morning, and this is just a a brutal truth, if you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the rest of this sermon is really irrelevant to you. It really is not, you're not going to be able to do any of this because you're going to trust in yourself not in Christ if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ you'll be saved so that's the first part it has to be if I really want to love 
Somebody who I think, who is sometimes unlovable, which I'm sure I am unlovable at times. Ask my wife. She would probably agree with that. There's times where my kids that I'm very unlovable. I can be a big old mean bear. Most of the time I'm a teddy bear. But I can turn into a grizzly sometimes. And I'm sure I'm very unlovable. And, and they don't want to love me. But the only way they can love me like Jesus did is to have the Holy Spirit. So you have to be a follower of Christ. That's the foundational start here. Now, now we're going to get into the points of how we love like Christ. And I, ironically, they're going to be the same points. Because if we're going to love like Christ, it has to be how he loved. So the first one is to love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. 1 John 4.20 says this, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So, so let's just be real. Let's be honest here. How many times do we put standards on who we love? That's a very easy thing to do if we're being honest with ourselves. Well, I'll love you if you agree with me. I'll love you if you agree with me. I'll love you if you love me first. I will love you if you look like me. And normally these start with, I will love you if. I will love you if. Jesus never put that condition on anybody. He didn't put that condition. Jesus never said, I'll love you if. Jesus never put a condition on loving you. Remember remember last week, he didn't require us to clean ourselves up first. Right? He loved us. He loved us while we were still sinners. He loved us. Now, now, I'm just being honest. Are there brothers and sisters that we have that are hard to love? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably one of them. I'm probably one of them. And there's some people, some brothers and sisters that walk around with a frown on their face all day. And they complain about everything. You're like, they're just like, what are they? The Debbie Downers, right? Sorry if there's a Debbie in here. But they just like, they just don't. They just are not happy. Nothing can make them happy and you just like you just don't want to be around them sometimes. They complain about everything and maybe the only thing you have in common with them is the Lord Jesus. Maybe that's it. What are we called to do? We're called to love them. We're called to love them. We're called to love them. That's loving unconditionally. 1 Samuel 16, 7, there's a picture of this. But the Lord said to Samuel, I've read this verse before, but it's so poignant to us. The Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. We must look at the heart of people. Not their outward appearance, not how much money they have, not what kind of car they drive or what kind of house they live in or what kind of job they have. We don't look at any of that. We need to look at the heart of people. Are they my brother and sister in Christ? Are they, are they my brother and sister? And let me say also here that we're also, all of us in this room, if you're my brother or sister in Christ this morning, you are in varying stages of sanctification or your growth in Christ. You are in varying stages, and that's okay. Some of you in here have been believers a long, long time. Others for a very short time. So what do we need to have with one another? Patience, as God is growing each one of us 
it, 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 we're not all on the same level, and that's okay. We're all on the same level in Christ, but it's talking about sanctification. Some, some are going to have more knowledge than others. Some are going to have different gifts. We're all put together, so we need to be patient with one another. Ephesians 4.2 says this, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. We have to bear with one another. We, we have to understand. Love them unconditionally. Regardless, regardless of whether you want to, we have to love one another unconditionally. Now, the, the next thing here, sacrificially. Sacrificially. I have to love like Jesus sacrificially. Philippians 2.3 says this, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. I'll read that again. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Can you imagine a group of believers that just lived this verse out every day? Like everybody around them was just more important than themselves. Can you imagine what that would be like? It would change the world. It would change a community. It would change a community. Sacrifice in scripture was what? It was to die. When we talk about sacrifice, it was death. It was death. They would kill an animal as a sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross. So to love someone sacrificially is to die to your wants, your desires, to live for others, to put them, count them more significant than yourself. Now when I think about this, I always, when I think about this concept, I always think as I talk about this, when I go through pre-marriage counseling with somebody, if somebody wants me to marry them, I'm not a judge, right? If you want me to marry you, you have to go through pre-marriage counseling. And this is one of the things I talk about. And I always think of families and marriage. And I think about how if I, if I was to ask a husband in here, would you die for your wife? Every one of them is going to say, absolutely. But you know what the follow-up question, and I'm, I'm preaching to myself too, honey, I promise. The follow-up question is, but do you die for every day? Do you die for every day? Do you die for your family every day? Do you, do you, do you put your kids you are? Do you put your kids and your wife, are they more important and more significant than you are? Ladies, do you die to your, for your husbands every day? Are they more important than you are? That is living a sacrificial love for others. That's a great example of that. It's living sacrificially. Now, if you think about that in the context of a family and a marriage, now think about that in the context of brothers and sisters in Christ. Are they more important than you? Are your desires or wants more important or are theirs? You know, a few years ago this happened. And I thought about this week. This, this week as I was getting this sermon together and, and doing this over the last couple weeks. And a few years ago, you guys know where Windermere's at. It's up at Lake of the Ozarks. But a few years ago, Windermere was owned by a Baptist organization, and they had a big fight with the Missouri Baptist Convention. And there was a big argument about, I don't know what it was all about, but it was about the property and who was going to control it and all of that, right? And it ended up where they sued one another. And it was all over the newspaper. It went all, all over everywhere. And I, and I remember it well, and I thought about this. I thought about Scripture. 
And I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Stay in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You were just there. But I want to read you verses 1 through 11. And I thought about this passage, and I always thought, what, how could they do that? Like, how could, how could they read that and do this? And I, and I talked about it before, but it's in the con- same context of what we're talking about today. 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 11. When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to the law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more then matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers? But the brother goes to law against brother and that before unbelievers. To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves wrong and defraud even your own brothers. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, the men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So we list out all those sins that we read quite a bit in verses 9 through 11, but it's in the context of, of brothers and sisters suing one another and taking cases before for court instead of just saying why not just suffer the wrong why profane the name of God guess what oh the media loves to run with that you hear about two Christians going at it it was all over the news when that happened because you and you know what lost people would say how in the world would I want to be a part of something like that when they can't even love each other in the church why not just be defrauded why not, why not just suffer the wrong? You know what it is when you do that? It's sacrificial love. It's sacrificial love. To suffer the wrong. To sacrificially put somebody else as more important than yourself. Instead, we had two prominent Baptist Christian organizations suing one another for junk here on this earth. Stuff that doesn't even matter in eternity. One day, Camp Windermere is going to be a big pile of dirt. It's, it's right on. And it's a nice place to go right now if you ever want to go to Windermere. It is really cool. It's, it's right on Lake of the Ozarks, and you can crappie fish. And, but I digress here. It's going to be a pile of junk one day. And it's not going to amount to a hill of beans. But let, let's fight about it. And let's sue one another. And let's get mad at one another. And let's profane God's word And lost people are looking going, why would I want to be a part of anything like that? If they can't love each other, I'm not going to listen to a word that comes out of their mouth about God's love for me. You see, it destroys the gospel message when we we don't have sacrificial love for each other. The fourth thing here is to love with forgiveness. (laughs) I'm going to get some folks here. Colossians 3.13 Bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another 
forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Let me say, when I get started here, I'm going to get worked up, I'm sure. This is an absolute failure of the American church. And being unforgiving is an absolute failure. I've said this before. This is why how you have Harmony Baptist Church on one street corner and New Harmony Baptist Church on another. Because the original folks at Harmony Baptist Church, who should have harmony with one another, couldn't get along, and so they started New Harmony Baptist Church. And everybody suffers. And normally those churches are deader than a doornail because of that. Because of that. It's an absolute failure. The lack of grace and compassion on one another. If we want to love each other like Christ loved us, We have to forgive one another. We have to have grace and compassion on one another. Every new members class that me and Max Hartman teach, what do I tell them in there, Max? I say, I guarantee you there is going to be a time when I tick you off, when you are going to be upset with me, and you have a choice. You can come and talk to me, and I will do my best to humbly apologize and work it out, or you can get mad and leave. And unfortunately, some people just get mad and leave because they don't have forgiveness in their heart. This is what Jesus says. Turn to Matthew chapter 18. This is Jesus' words here. This is a hard truth. This is Jesus' words. He tells a parable. It's in 21 through 35. For the sake of time this morning, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but here's the parable. There was a king who wanted to settle up accounts with his servants. And one of them owed and couldn't pay. So the king ordered that he be sold along with his wife and his kids. And this servant falls to his knees and pleads, Have mercy, have mercy and patience, I'll pay you. And so the king shows mercy and forgiveness and he forgives the debt and he lets the guy go. Well, that same guy goes to another man who owes him money And begins to choke him. And he says, pay me. And the guy can't pay him. So he throws him into jail. Somebody hears about it. And they go tell the king. And this is the king's response. I want you to read. I want to read uh, verses 32 through 35 here. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now remember these parables are about salvation. So what is Jesus saying there? You are lost and don't have the Holy Spirit. Not forgiving your brother or sister in Christ is a sign that you have not experienced the forgiveness from God. Because when you, for, when you experience the forgiveness that Jesus has offered on the cross, you know what you do? It changes you. And you realize how great a debt that you've been forgiven from. And when somebody sins against you, it makes it a lot easier to forgive them. Not forgiving people is a sign that you are lost. If you hate someone in here this morning, 
If you hate me this morning, yet you say you're my brother or sister, you are lost and need to be saved. That's the truth. That's what scripture says. Ephesians 4.32, one of my favorite verses. I use this as a benediction a lot. It says, be kind to one another, one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So it should, we should be reminded of the forgiveness that God gave us when we're dealing with people. Not forgiving each other, not getting things right with your brothers and sisters absolutely has consequences. Scripture says, turn to Matthew chapter 8. Twenty-one through twenty-six. Matthew eight. Twenty-one through twenty-six. It says this. No, I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong chapter. I just messed this up. Hold on here. It's not Matthew eight. Maybe eight, it's eight. Is it eighteen? I got a typo here, guys. No, it's not that one either. I messed, I messed it up here. It's, well, here's what the passage says. Look it up today, okay? Here's what the passage says. Jesus is telling us that when we go to the altar to offer a sacrifice, when you go, if you remember that somebody has something against you, you leave your sacrifice at the altar and go and be reconciled to your brother. That's what the passage says. Find it today. Not quoting it word for word, but that's what it says. So what he's saying is that God doesn't want your worship. He doesn't want you offering sacrifice. He doesn't want your tithe until things are right between you and your brothers and sisters. He says, stop. Stop everything you got. And you get right with people that you need to get right with. Don't come and say, oh, how I love Jesus. And sing the songs and raise your hands when you have hate for somebody. Or you're upset with somebody. He says, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I've done this before here in this church. and, and, And I think we always need to be on guard. If you have an issue with someone today. In this body right now, you go get them and go grab them by the hand and pray with them and forgive them. Maybe it's not somebody here today. Maybe it's not somebody here. Maybe after church, you need to call them today and get right with them. Unforgiveness will destroy a church body. It will destroy families. Me and my cousin, my cousin's here this morning, I love him. Our uncle passed away a couple of months ago. Something we had to deal with. And and we had family members that wouldn't even come to their own family, their own sibling's funeral. They wouldn't even come because of unforgiveness. Now my dad was always setting this example and doing the right thing. And setting this example of Christ for his brothers and sisters. But there was so much bitterness and anger and hate over dumb money stuff, over nothing. You know, lost first I was angry, we were upset and then I had pity because it showed me they were lost it showed me they were lost and they needed Christ 
I realized that they didn't have the Savior that me and my cousin and my dad do. I realized that they had never experienced true forgiveness from God. You know how I knew that? Because they couldn't even forgive their own brother. How sad is that? It turns to pity. Now here's the urging here. And there's nothing in this world that would keep me from going to my sister's funeral or my cousin's or any of you. Nothing in this world. Why? Because I've experienced Christ's forgiveness. I've experienced his love. And so it makes it easier to forgive. People that walk around with hate in their heart have never experienced God's forgiveness. So today, here's kind of the challenge on this. Get right with God today. Get right with your brothers and sisters today. Start loving like Jesus loved. Hey, maybe you're upset with me this morning. Maybe you're upset with me and we need to make it right. Make a line here. I mean, we may be 20 of you and we'll get it fixed today. That could be the case. I'm, I'm outspoken and rough sometimes. You're on the edges, aren't I, honey? Aren't I, kids? I get in trouble. It's just, it, but if that needs to happen, let's do that. Let's do that. And then you know what? When you do that, you put the person before yourself. You put them before yourself. And you know what happens when that, when that's an, it's an amazing thing to see. When brothers and sisters forgive one another and show the love of Christ. And then the outside world goes, well, hold on. Like, they should hate one another. They should be angry at one another. There's something different about them. What is it that's different about them? Well, you know what's different? They've received the love of Christ and they forgive like Christ forgave. And they love one another like Christ loved. We need to do that. If that's you today, get right. Show That's how we love like Jesus loved. Now let me say, is that easy? Uh-uh. It's not easy. What I'm preaching this morning is not easy. You know what I say? I had somebody tell me one time, well, it's just really hard to get up for church on Sunday morning and come and worship, and it's just hard to do that. You know what I, I responded? It's kind of a rough response. You know what I said? That's what I said. It was probably hard for Jesus to get up and go to the cross that morning too. And they said, hmm. And I said, I know, but that's the truth. Is it hard to forgive people sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean sometimes personalities don't click and, hey, you're my brother or sister in Christ and I loved you and, and I'd help you, but we're probably not going to hang out on Friday night? Yeah, that's okay. You can still have love for one another, right? It doesn't mean because Jesus commands us to do it that it's going to be easy. He just says, do it. It's an expectation of being a follower of his. That's how you love like Christ loved. It's not easy. Have I perfected it? No way. No way. Remember, I'm growing just like you. I put my britches on the same way you do. Right? We're all in this together. But if you know that you have somebody, something against somebody in this building this morning or outside of here, and you know they're your brother or sister in Christ, make it right with them. Get right with them. It hinders your worship. It hinders your worship. Now, let me clarify this too. The context that Jesus is speaking is brothers and sisters in Christ. If you have someone who's lost, they're not going to relate to any of this. It doesn't mean you have to sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. It means that you forgive them and it doesn't affect your relationship with the Lord. It may be somebody that's already passed away that you need to forgive before you can move on. 
And the greatest example, as I close this morning, I'm going to have an invitation this morning. I'm going to have the worship team come. Tuesday, I have the honor. It's going to be a great honor uh, to, to preach a funeral Tuesday. And this guy was like a grandfather to me. His name was Alfred Buckner. And a lot of you know him here. A lot of you don't. But um, he lived a life that you could have looked at his life and thought there's no way that that guy would have any love and forgiveness for anybody because of what his family went through. And he was one of the most loving, faithful, forgiving people I've ever met. And one thing I'm going to say at the funeral Tuesday is he didn't say a whole lot. He never taught a Sunday school class that I can remember. He, he, but he, he had his grandkids and his wife were faithful in church. And he showed his faithfulness and his forgiveness by how he lived his life every single day. And he was a huge testament to everybody around him. Maybe, guys, you need to be the testament to your family this morning in how you show forgiveness. Maybe you need to show forgiveness to your spouse today for something that's happened years ago. Remember how Jesus forgives? He removes it and it's gone. Maybe you've been holding something against your spouse this morning that you've been holding it against them for years and years and years. And every time you need to use it, you pull it out and hit them over the head with a frying pan with it. You use it against them. That's not how Jesus forgives. When you forgive somebody, it's gone. If that's you this morning, get right with God on it. And here, it's not in your strength. Remember, how are we able to love like this? How are we able to forgive like this? Because we have the Holy Spirit. Because we have God living inside of us. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Hey, if you, if you need to get right with me, make a line, guys. We're good. We'll get it done and we'll move on, okay? If it's each other, if it's somebody not here, you can get down on your knees and pray this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you today, God, for your word. And it's so challenging. This is just so challenging. It's what you commanded us to do. It's not easy. It wasn't easy for you to go to the cross for us, but you did. Lord, being a follower of yours is not easy. It goes against everything the world says. The world says to hate someone and to be done with them and never talk to them again and despise them. You say to forgive them, to love them like you did. And that's hard sometimes, Lord. And we can only do that with your strength, with you living inside of us. So I pray this morning, Lord, if there's people here that have unrepentant, rebellious sin of unforgiveness, of not showing love to their brothers and sisters, Lord, I pray today that today will be the day that they stop and move on with you in their right relationship with you. Lord, it will change their life. I pray for anyone who's listening today that has never experienced salvation in you, God, that they trust in you and you alone, what you did on the cross. God, we preach this and we teach your word to glorify and honor you, not ourselves. And so, Lord, I pray today that you've been glorified and honored. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Speak.
Thank you, guys. Um, Brian and Abby, come on up here if you would this morning. So you guys know Brian and Abby, and uh, Selena and I have been going through uh, discipleship with them on Sunday mornings uh, at, what, 9 o'clock. And we've been, what, probably we're six weeks in maybe, six or seven weeks in, and uh, confession time for you all that have went through discipleship with me, Johnny. Uh, we're two pages in, and we've been doing it for six weeks. <laughs> We're on the first lesson and we're two pages in. 
But we're having great conversation and we're talking about things of God and we're learning. And so one of the things that has come up in discipleship is their background and how they were raised and, and uh, what church they attended before and a lot of those things. And we've talked about that. And, and uh, this pretty much today, we've, uh, we discussed baptism. And they have come this morning and they've realized that they need to be baptized uh, and, and there's some background stories, and I'm not going to go into it unless they, and they want to. They're going to have the opportunity if they want to. But they've come this morning, and, and here's the thing. I need to, I, here's, here's the deal. I met with them, and we have a new member. Uh, they're, they're members of this church, right? And you're thinking, well, you have to be a baptized believer in Christ to be a member here, right? Yes, you do. And I met with them, and I want to tell you, I messed up too, right? Because in that membership interview, they told me they were baptized, and we talked a little bit about that, and I presented our elders, hey, they're baptized believers, and as we dug in more, um, they, they do need to be baptized, right? And you both would say that. They need to be baptized. And so I advanced them on when I shouldn't have. And so I, at the time, I would have told them, they would have still got to go to the new member class, but I would have told them at that time, you guys need to be baptized. And so this has come out in discipleship, even more in-depth conversations. And here's the thing. This is a huge testimony and example to a local body of believers this could not, they could have just said, oh yeah, and skated over this. But they're being obedient to Christ and to the church and to themselves being obedient to God by coming and saying, hey, you know what? We're taking a step back here. We need to do this the right way. And we want to be obedient and professing our faith in Christ. And so I think that's a huge testimony to them. Um, I appreciate this young lady so much. And she is... She's emotional and she cries a lot like I do, don't you? Um, and, and when tears this morning, she said, I need to go to the river. And I said, yeah, you do, don't you? And so when the river thaws, here in a couple, when it thaws, let's go now. He said, he's ready, right? Uh, we will go to the river and baptize them. And so that's why they're coming this morning. Here's your chance. You don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, do you guys want to say anything? Talk into that so they can hear you downstairs. Yep, just uh, glad to be here and uh, looking forward to growing in our faith and, and uh, learning new things and, and Sunday mornings. I think we'll finish up. Three years from now? Three years, yeah. I'm going to be unavailable yeah. for the next three years while we're doing discipleship, right? So, backstory here. If anybody, I'm sure there's wondering, whoa, I wonder what that's all about. So, we were, I was brought up Lutheran, and so I was baptized as a baby, as an infant. So were, so was Brian, and so were all three of my children. So when we came here and was asked, have you been baptized? Well, yes, we have been baptized. And um, But learning more about the Baptist religion and how you, we think about, how we think, how I think about things is, um, you know, we have never professed um, being a Christian and our love for Christ and uh, what he did for us. And so that's why now we need to be baptized. So, Amen. Amen. Give him a big hand. So you can bring your family up here. You can bring the kids up here because I'm going to make you stand and everyone's going to come around and congratulate you here in a minute. You got one downstairs too? Okay. All right. Here's the benediction today. So that's, hey, that's, this is what discipleship is all about, about digging into God's word and growing with one another and talking and learning. Here's the benediction. You didn't think I was going to preach on love and not hit 
1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I'm going to ask Wes, would you close us in prayer this morning? Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we just thank you for this body of believers, Lord, my brothers and sisters, Lord. Just ask a special blessing upon us all this week. Be with us. Draw us near to you every day. Help us walk close with, closely with you and in step with your Holy Spirit. Let us be ready and prepared to give testimony to a dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Business meeting in about 10 minutes. Come around and congratulate them.